This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Aptive. Aptive produces audio-based workouts created by certified personal trainers available through a mobile app, and new members get 30% off an annual membership. Visit aptive.com slash nomeat. That's A-A-P-T-I-V dot com slash nomeat. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Nomeat Athlete Radio. Doug, I think we are coming up on the two-week mark since you ran for 33 hours in a row. Uh, how many runs have you run since then? It might be the three-week mark. Is it three? Two Maybe it's just two. Oh, yeah, I, I guess don't, I don't really know. Um, no, you know what? You came over here two weeks ago. Yeah, I think I think it's the three-week mark here. Wow. Okay. So yeah. You better, you've been on some runs then, I hope. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did like I think three last week. Last week I started easing back in. Yeah, yeah. Last week was two weeks, and okay. uh, I started easing back in. Last week I, I did like a mile and a half, then two miles, and then four and a half miles. Ran a couple times this week, so I mean nothing significant, nothing much. But um, you know, trying to get back into it. The big thing is like I, you know, I feel great as far as pain goes. You know, like nothing hurts, no, right. no injuries. It's just my legs are feel a little unresponsive. They feel a little heavy and, <laughs> still. and dead. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, so I don't know. I don't know what that is, but I haven't like I haven't had a good run where my legs just felt awesome. It's probably not enough protein. That's what it, I mean. probably, it's just, <laughs> I I'm sure that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, of course, vegans, vegans, you know, if they can make it through hundred miles, then they're never going to run again, right? <laughs> exactly. If they manage to make it that far, if they manage, then they'll never run again. <laughs> no well, but good. but i'm easing back in and, and actually feel like pretty excited about it. i was laying in bed last night and i was like you know i think i might want to go back to that race next year <laughs> yeah that's i was gonna ask you what are you uh i mean it's it's always the i don't know like kind of a high risk sort of time right after the race for me at least it's like it, mm-hmm. you, you can go either way you could get really excited about what you just did and then take that momentum into something new or you could uh say well i deserve a little break and then you take two or three months off and that turns into six months and then <laughs> yeah right yeah. yeah no i'm I'm actually feeling pretty you know like like immediately after i was like i'm never gonna run that race again i'm gonna take a long break <laughs> right. you know i don't know maybe i'm done with 100 milers for a while uh and now you know a couple weeks later i'm a little bit removed kind of forgotten about those uh hard times and i'm feeling you know feeling we kinda... talked about that in an episode a while ago and i still think it's kind of interesting um there was that theory from i think it's i think his name's dan gilbert he wrote stumbling on happiness Mm-hmm. And I don't think this was his theory, but he was just citing a theory um, that maybe some studies have shown. And it was that we, when when we when there's a long event, the way that our memory stores it for easy retrieval is it mostly remembers the end outcome of that event, not so much what happened leading up to the end. And uh, we mm. said perhaps that's an explanation for why people put themselves through stuff like that over and over again. When in the middle, you say, "There's no way I'm doing this again," <laughs> and and you're, you may even be thinking clearly at that time, saying, "No, this is I'm in the moment and I feel this, and it's terrible. I'm not doing it again." But then, as time goes by, you kind of just remember those that that end, and you remember the, the all the good feelings that happened, right? And you forget all the stuff that took to get there. So I I, I believe that one hundred percent. I think that's <laughs> that has to be that has to be what the only reason that you keep doing these things. Because I mean, you know, sometimes you have like a great race, and you're like, oh man, that was awesome, I can't wait to do it again. But I mean, I you know, I, when I was done, I was done. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It, it was kind of funny. So last week I published the like report my race report mm-hmm. on it on record cutter and um nice little plug there and um there you go. and 
you know, what I noticed that night was that for the first time I started getting sad. And I think we've talked about this too, of like, you do something and you build up to it for a long time and you have like this big kind of grand ending to it. And then, then you're kind of like feeling a little bit lost and like a little bit sad. And I think for me, it was, at, you know, right after the race, I had the recovery and then I was still processing it and I was mm-hmm. writing it and it took, you know, it took 10 days or something to write that post. And then when it was done, I was just like, it, that, that kind of like put a period at the end right. of, the, of the goal. And, and I was walking through the grocery store, um, that night after we had put Eliza down and I was kind of by myself and I was like, man, I'm feeling sad for the first time in a really long time, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's I think it's good to notice that, mm-hmm. and I you know that that's probably a moment that people get out of very quickly. But I don't know when those when those rare things come along. I think it's good to pay attention to them and even even extend them for a little while, <laughs> just because they don't you don't get that very much. Right, yeah, exactly. you get to that feeling. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, good for you. Uh, glad to hear that. My soccer is uh, has not happened again. That we our team forfeited the last game. So I'm. I've, oh no. Uh, Somewhat inactive, but we do have our um, little soccer room we built, as you saw. Actually, yep. you you came I, just before this call. I replaced the screen that you uh, <laughs> that you knocked out when you came over and played a little game against my son. <laughs> you told me that it had already been knocked out. I don't know it, if that it was had been true. Starting, it had been starting to. You you put the I, nail in the coffin <laughs> on it. Jeez, oh, I'm sorry. So all, what happened was, so after that, um, I traveled for three or four days, and Aaron was texting me saying, Holden will not use the soccer room anymore because there are all these bees in there now. So what happened is they all came in the screen and couldn't find a way out, I guess. Oh, no. I ruined uh, everything. <laughs> you did. But then we had some rainy days and the bees. I, what I did, I have no way of removing removing bugs that is vegan except this way I invented, which is vacuum them up in a Dyson vacuum cleaner and then release them outside. Uh, and it actually works. It works with ants and flies and everything else. Really? Yep. And often they're unharmed. Not always, but often they end up, you know, they fly out of there. Wow. I never would have thought that that would work. I know. I invented it. So anyway, I did that, and then uh, the bugs have not been a major problem, but uh, got the screen up, got a little plexiglass, and I'm going to put up to make sure that doesn't happen again next (laughs) time you come over. (laughs) And Oh, oh, I saw a bear out there yesterday. Poking around the room, yeah, which was In, In the room? No, poking, like, outside of it, kind of sniffing around. Oh, and okay. then it walked down our hill, and I joined a family of three bears. Oh, so that well, was exciting. Go. That is okay. exciting. Yeah, Did so the kids get to see it? My daughter. We were out on the porch drinking coffee, and uh, she wasn't drinking coffee. We were, I was drinking coffee, and we heard this walk, this noise, and we were like, who is back there? And then we just looked over, and there was this little bear. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, exciting. That's it fun. It was fun. Always fun. Yeah. So anyway, um, Doug, the reason, uh, well, not the reason you're on for this intro, but but... <laughs> What is special about this episode? It is, is a special episode. It is, it's very special. It is with your wife, Katie Hay, uh, mm-hmm. who is a yoga therapist and teacher where you live yep. uh, in Black Mountain. Certified yoga therapist. And she's done, I remember when you guys moved here, she was doing a 500 hour yoga course, yoga teacher yes. course, which mm-hmm. I thought was, it sounded like an insane amount of time, but uh, it, it, it passed quickly. She got that done very fast, yeah, right? She Within worked hard. Months. She was like, uh, yeah, and she worked very hard to get it done and. Yeah, so I guess like when you become, most people when you become a yoga teacher, you get like a 200-hour certification. Mm-hmm. And so she did that, went through that, and then got her 500-hour a couple years later. Gotcha. For the yoga therapy, which, uh, yeah. But anyway, we're having her on, and we're actually ditching you. And last night, uh, Katie and I sat down and did an interview without you. I, th- I like that. I think that's exciting. Um, have you done one 
You and Sid, I know, did an interview, right? One time without me? <laughs> yep, yep. Was it just you guys or was there somebody else on there? No, it was just us. It was right after the baby was born. And it was like, it was the funniest show. Oh, yeah, okay. And I was, cause I was really sick. And, you were really and, sick and I, and I was like totally out of it. And... <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> there were like three or four times and I just like totally lost my train of thought and Sid had to just like take over the podcast. <laughs> That's funny. My mom always enjoys those. Uh, any tales of you and parenting where it sounds like your hands are too full? She, for some reason she always whenever i talk to her she, she likes those oh that's those funny stories. <laughs> yeah uh anyway okay so you guys did that one so this is a new one without me and uh and it's another husband and wife one because aaron and i have done i think two episodes together one with you and one with just us maybe we've done another one with just us but uh they're mm-hmm. they're kind of fun it's just a nice little glimpse in, into the into the dynamic of the relationship so i think people will enjoy hearing that and uh, what'd you guys talk about? Yoga, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So this episode, we're, we're talking, we're diving into yoga and what it is and who it's for and how to get started and, and kind of all the, uh, I, I reached back to where I was before I took my first yoga class and asked all the questions that I had uh, before taking that class that I like drilled Katie on because I was so nervous and uh, just intimidated by, by yoga. So that's, yeah. that's what we were talking about. It is intimidating. I, I for a long time wanted to do yoga and thought it would be such a nice thing and uh it's just especially i mean i guess this isn't maybe valid but as a male i was just sort of intimidated to go to it because i assumed it yeah. would be all women and i assumed i would be you know attracting attention not not positive attention because i was a male but like attention just because i was different and then all that attention would would go to the fact that i had no idea what i was doing <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh so yeah. that so that actually for me was was a little bit of a hurdle and i eventually did get over it and signed up for like a six class thing at the gym mm-hmm. uh, but yeah it's just i don't know it's kind of this strange world that if you come from just say running or basic fitness uh you know there's a lot of a lot of mystique around yoga that probably shouldn't be there because i think it's probably meant to be a fairly simple practice it's not meant to be uh an intimidating thing but no not at all yeah, so we talk about it. We I ask her, you know, we talk about the whole guy thing and and everything. So I'm not going to spoil it with her answers, but okay. um, that Good. was yeah. Good. And this uh, this of course related to the guest post that Katie wrote this week on the Nomad Athlete blog, which is called 10 Essential Poses, 10 Essential Yoga Poses to Know Before Your First Class. Um, so you can go to nomadathlete.com and check that one out. And then of course it is also tied she made in addition to that this uh, she put out a 13-minute starter yoga sequence that also includes these 10 poses so that if you're having that intimidation factor going on uh you can you can go to that you can learn the stuff at home you can do the 13 minute routine at home from the video uh and then you know and then do take it from where where you want from there whether that is expanding your home practice or or you know getting up the nerve to go do a class at a gym so that's at uh what is that at uh slash start dash yoga and it's yep. just a free opt-in thing doesn't cost anything Absolutely free and has a has a video component to it as well, which is pretty cool. So good. com slash start dash yoga. Okay. Good. Anything else before we get to the, the intro? Or this, no. <laughs> <laughs> we still got an intro, intro to go to this. That, that was just the warm up to the intro. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think we should just jump right into it. Okay. Let's do it. Katie, have you ever done a podcast? I've never done a podcast. Do you listen to podcasts? <laughs> I do listen to podcasts. Do you listen to Nomad Athlete Radio? Um, yes, yeah, sometimes when you let me. 
You won't let you won't let me play it if you're with an earshot. Yeah, that's true. I hate I hate listening to the episodes. You don't like the way you sound. Um, right. I always recording. sound like we. Uh, I don't know. Like we're up to no good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. Well, I'm really excited to actually do this podcast with you because. If it's not clear, you're my wife. <laughs> I am. And it is clear to me. It's clear to you. It's, if it's not clear to the listeners, this I'm sitting across my desk uh, in our home office from my wife, Katie, who uh, this is the first time she's been on this podcast, first time she's ever been on any podcast. Um, and I'm sure that if you're a regular listener, you know quite a bit about Katie. You've heard me talk about her a lot. You've heard us or me and Matt talk about uh, our baby. And you've probably heard several times that Katie is a yoga instructor, which she is. Yeah. And that's why she's on today, because we're going to be talking about yoga. This week's episode is all about yoga and how to get into it if you've never never practiced yoga before and who it's good for, how it can benefit you as an athlete. And kind of, you know, I know that when I first came to yoga or when I when I first did my very first practice... You and I had started dating for a while, and you were quite into yoga. I think you were about to start teacher training at the time, mm-hmm. and you you kept asking me to come along with you, and uh, I didn't want to, <laughs> not because I didn't want to do yoga, because I did. I was intrigued by it, um, but because I was really embarrassed about <laughs> doing something that you I knew you were going to be really good at, and I just was like totally out of my comfort zone, um, and so I I remember I actually finally got the courage to go and do a yoga practice at a studio that you had never actually been to that studio before. I was like trying to get as far away from you and yoga as I could, <laughs> uh, just in case I made a total fool of myself. And, um, and I had a lot of questions. So we're going to kind of, I want to go through some of the questions that I had when I was first getting into mm-hmm. yoga. Yeah. Um, and then pick your brain about a bunch of other, a bunch, a bunch of other things. So thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Good. So to get us started, uh, why don't you, I want to actually ask, what is yoga? Because when people think of yoga, I think they probably either think of a like Lululemon model (laughs) that they see Uh walking down the street, or they think of some like guru in the, you know, at, in like the Himalayas in the middle of nowhere, you know, with a bunch of buddhas and stuff around them right so what what is yoga and how how is it that we think of those two different things and and we're really talking about the same thing yes great question i think that when you are trying to describe yoga it's like asking someone to describe life Um, it is hard to put into words and it's a deeply personal practice and experience Um, which is what I love so much about it because depending on who you are and what you're needing physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, um, you can find a yoga practice that suits you. Um, I got into yoga to help with anxiety issues that I was having back in college, my college years, and to deal with some grief that I was going through at the time. And so it became a very emotionally healing experience for me. And then other times in my life, it's been a physical. So for example, after I gave birth, it's really helped me to regain my core strength and my pelvic floor strength and find my body again after that experience. So um, 
yoga is a physical practice. It's a mental practice. It's a spiritual practice, but you can um, enter into it from any of those perspectives and, um, and gain a lot from it. And it originated in India thousands of years ago, and then it migrated over to the United States and into the West in the late 1800s and early 1900s. Um, and that's when it became, or it, uh, arrived in the U.S. in the form of Hatha yoga, which is the type of yoga that you probably associate it with most today. Um, and so that's the style of yoga you'll see most commonly at yoga studios where you're doing yoga postures, um, you're doing breathing practices, you might do some chanting and learn some philosophy around yoga as well. So is Hatha yoga like the physical Yoga or is it? Hatha yoga encompasses all of those different aspects that I just spoke about. Okay. So um, it's there's a philosophical portion to it. There's physical portion. Is Hatha a, a person or is it? No, Hatha is a term. Um, ha and Tha means sun and moon is the translation of it. Um, some people think of it as um, balancing the two sides of ourselves, our more solar and lunar side. Um, some people think of it as finding this balance um, within ourselves. Um, so the ultimate goal of, of this practice is to find inner wellness, harmony, and connection to um, our truest self or our life's purpose. Mm-hmm. Big stuff. That is, that is, that is <laughs> for a big sixty minute class. On for, a right for a sixty minute class that you might be doing at like uh you know a, a gym, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, not all classes are going to take you there. I don't want to raise people's expectations of what they're going to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I think that that's what's <laughs> kind of interesting about like modern Western, modern American yoga is um is like some people think of it as a sixty minute workout, right? Right. Yes. And and they think it like totally physical and other people think yeah. of it as, you know, something that has philosophy or chanting or, I mean, you know, at one of the very first classes that I went to was one you took me to called like a Jiva Mukti uh-huh. class, which is a style of yoga. Um, and that one was like maybe 90 minutes or even two hours. And there was all this chanting and singing and all kinds of stuff that I was like totally unprepared for. Yeah, of um, course. You know, and it's, uh, I think that it's, it's interesting how how different um, people's perception of yoga can be, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, definitely. And originally, the yoga asanas, these physical postures, were designed to prepare the body for meditation or concentration practices. Mm-hmm. So we often focus Um, our idea of yoga on these postures and the physical postures are certainly important and beneficial, right? To keeping Mm -hmm. us in our optimal state of health. Um, But originally they were designed so that we could sit and focus and go into our internal world and do self-study and connect to something greater than ourselves. So, and some people say, well, that's starting to get into this religious arm and does it conflict with my religion? And no, I don't think it does. I think it's more of a mindfulness practice um, with, it doesn't have the set beliefs. There are some, um, ethical behaviors and things that you can, um, take on from, from yoga philosophy, but, um, but it's really a way of, um, of self-study and, and finding optimal health. Okay. So, yes. Great. Well, um, so 
you know, thinking about you know, the yoga studio versus the like the gym style yoga, you know, mm-hmm. is there a difference? I mean, like if you're if you're a member at like uh, Gold's Gym and they offer um, you know yoga classes, are, mm-hmm. is it going to be the exact same thing as if you went to like your local yoga studio? It depends um, mm-hmm. because the teachers of yoga are varied greatly, right? Some yoga teachers only teach the physical practice, the, the physical postures, and some teachers mostly teach the philosophy or the breathing. And so it depends on the teacher you're taking. It depends on the, um, the style that you're taking. Mm-hmm. So you really have to go and experience it for yourself. Yeah. Um, some studios are more physical than others. So yeah, okay. it depends on where you go. So there's no like, you know, if you're like looking for a certain type of, I want the physical stuff. Is there mm-hmm. like a tall tale sign? Not really. Nope. I would, if you're, I would call the place, I would call the gym or the studio that, you, that's, that are near you and ask them about what they're offering. Um, generally gyms, the environment of a class at a gym is less relaxing. They tend to be colder they don't have as nice the props and the environment isn't as nice whereas studios really focus on creating a full all sensory experience for you Mm -hmm. Um, and i'd like to think that studios often um, ask more of their teachers they have more highly trained teachers a lot of teachers fresh out of teacher training often get their first class experiences at gyms but there's also people who teach at gyms that are extremely well trained and excellent teachers mm-hmm. and there's teachers at studios that <laughs> are not and so um, right. you really have to go and experience it for yourself or call these places and find out yeah what they're offering yeah what their standards are <laughs> i know it's not an easy yeah, answer no, but, but i mean it, you know it makes how sense. it is yeah um, yeah. Okay, so so I want to talk about you know who yoga is for, right? And mm. and I think I know your answer because I know you and I know um, yeah your kind of mental philosophy. But you know I think uh, for a lot of people, you know they think of yoga and they think of like the ultra bindi or they think of the like you know kind of people who want to connect with the universe, <laughs> meditators. I don't know, you yeah. know, like the kind of like free spirits. I guess is the is the better word. Sure. <laughs> Or like the like super bendy, did I already say that? Like super yeah. fit, super bendy. So, yeah. uh, you know, like who, who's, who's yoga for? Who would you say yoga is for? I believe it's for everybody because what you can get from the practice is so varied and the, and the, the practices are <clears throat> so adaptable to individuals. So as a yoga therapist, I've worked with people in wheelchairs mm-hmm. um, all the way to professional athletes, right? And so the... The whole range is going to benefit from yoga. Um, I think you going in, you should be really clear about what you want from it and then do your work to find a class that fits those those wants and needs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's classes that are wheelchair yoga classes or chair yoga classes. And then there's yoga classes that are for athletes. Right. Um, those are more crystal clear ways of looking of describing classes but if you call a studio and say hey i'm not flexible which classes are going to be more more uh, accessible for me they'll help you um you might also work with someone one-on-one which is what i do working one-on-one with people and creating um yoga routines that are tailored to them and all of their varied needs and Mm -hmm. wants and goals yeah so like yeah you know if i as a runner 
uh-huh. right? You know, speaking uh-huh. about for myself, and I know that like I am tight and weak in certain areas of my body. You know, like is is first of all, is yoga gonna help me? And you know, should I be focused more on like the physical stuff or or like the philosophy stuff? <laughs> I mean, only you can answer that one. <laughs> um, Having had you in yoga classes, I, you know, Doug is on the tighter side. He, he's a runner. Uh-huh. I mean, you used to come to my yoga classes <laughs> before we got engaged. And then <laughs> I think it was all part of the courtship. No, and no. then, <laughs> and then I don't know what's happened no, since no, then, it's, but it's <laughs> I, th- I, <laughs> I think you could definitely benefit from more yoga. Um, <laughs> so I, <laughs> But being on the, right, being on the tighter side, um, coming to classes and getting some of the release. And then also um, as, as an athlete doing repetitive movement, right? As a runner, you're doing the same movement over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are using the same muscle groups in the same way um, every time you go out for a run or mostly, right? It varies depending on your um, elevation and different factors. But Coming to a yoga class, you are going to use those muscles in new ways. And you're going to be able to release muscles that you are often strengthening and engaging when you run. And you're going to be able to strengthen muscles that you're often not using when you run. So that'll just make your performance improve. So if that's your goal. You're like, I want to run better and feel less tight in my body. Then that's great. Um, that's, that's a great goal. If you're getting stressed out at work and overwhelmed at work, and you're a runner on the side, then maybe you go to a class that is more focused on the re- relaxation piece of it, the mm-hmm. breathing, the meditation, um, the mindfulness, mm-hmm. um, and and that's going to suit you better. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, I know that um, Black Mountain Yoga, where you teach, mm-hmm. is different than like the studios that you used to teach at when we were living in DC. Uh, in part because we we live in a small town that is very different than yeah uh, you know, definitely. the neighborhood that we lived in in DC and <clears throat> and one thing that is remarkable to me is like I go to a Black Mountain Yoga class and oftentimes I'm the youngest person there definitely right? by far and, yeah and like I uh, you know may not be the strongest yogi or like the person like that but I might be one of the few athletes if you want to call me that and yogi's not that but you know whatever <laughs> i'm giving him the maybe, evil eye across the microphone <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know but like there's a lot of older people there might be people who um who just i don't know you, you know what i'm trying to say i'm biting my tongue yeah <laughs> I'm putting my uh-huh. foot in my mouth here but uh you know but like there's people who i wouldn't expect is to like be at like a, a like a fit yoga class right yeah um, and I think that's really cool uh, because I think that that to me, I guess I understand now on a different level of like the type of how every, how really everybody can mm-hmm. um, can practice yoga. And, and then that how, you know, your studio has classes that are like restorative classes or, or seated classes where you're on the floor the whole time. So they're not like in a chair, but and anybody can do them. Um but, uh, you know, but they're like really low impact, like mm-hmm. low stress on the body, you know, much more about releasing things. You have yeah. classes where like you use massage balls and things like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I guess until now I, or until we moved here and you started teaching the studio, my impression of yoga was, or yoga studios were really 
more about the intense yoga sessions. Yes, definitely. Yeah, in D.C., I was teaching people who were coming off a long day on Capitol Hill and wanted to move and sweat. And, I mean, D.C. is filled with type A's and and younger people, right? They're mm-hmm. the average age, I'd say, in those classes, we were, people were in their 20s. Sure. Um, and I was in my 20s at the time and out of teacher training, and I had a power yoga practice then. And um, so I taught very differently. And then moving to Black Mountain where – Um, there's a lot of retirees here. My focus shifted, and I was also transitioning into yoga therapy. My focus shifted to a yoga practice that is sustainable for for life, right? Mm -hmm. All of our bodies are aging every minute, and that's inevitable, and we can't stop that process. But we um, we can practice yoga in a way that is going to, um, is going to keep our bodies uh, moving with ease and strong um, and upright, right? Help with our posture. And then as different conditions come in, as we age just from um, wear and tear on our bodies or different diseases that we get as we age, we can use the tools of yoga to help um, to help heal ourselves or to help prevent things from getting worse. So I have shifted my focus into this like, let's create a yoga practice that is going to be sustainable until we're, if you live to 90, right, mm-hmm. or 100, that you can do that whole time. Right. Um, and it's still just as, as beneficial, even yeah. more so. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Um, but some people want to go in and they want to sweat and move. And I still go to classes that are like that, that are, like, quicker paced and flowing fast and um, really challenging me physically. And some of that is just helping you get out of your mind, right? Like you really just like when you go for a hard run, you can just let all of your thoughts go and just get into your zone where you're just moving and breathing and fully present where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what this yoga flow helps create. And it also helps, um, yeah, create this vitality in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I want to ask the questions that I remember having um, before going to my first yoga class. Yeah, I know. it's a, There's a lot. Um, it can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be really I intimidating. Was, I was scared. Like, I was legit nervous about going to my first class. And Yeah. Yes. And it wasn't, like, about meeting people, I guess. It was maybe about making a fool of myself. But, you know, it's just, I don't know. It was, like, so outside of everything that I knew. Yeah. Um, okay. So, first of all, as a man, am I going to be the only person in the yoga class? The only per- the only man. The only man in yoga class. Uh, you could be. It's interesting because yoga was um, founded and originally in India taught by men, two mm. men. Mm. Yeah. So guys represent <laughs> in the U.S. Get out there. Get on your mats. Yeah. And I hear from men, I'm not flexible. I can't do yoga. But that's why you should do yoga, because you're tighter. Right. And um, it will help you find your optimal range of motion in your body. Mm-hmm. So you might be the only guy, but who cares? Yeah. Why does that matter? But you're certainly Check not your ego be at the, the door, guys. You're certainly not going to be the only guy who's there that day, right? <laughs> no. I mean, I taught a class this week that had three men in it. Mm-hmm. So it really just depends on the studio. It depends on the day, mm-hmm. the class. Um, but men practice yoga. There's men, And there's also a lot of male yoga teachers. And mm-hmm. so those classes could uh, attract more men and so if that's something that uh, will 
make it easier for you to go to your first yoga class than find a class that's taught by a man. True. Right? So I have huge muscles. Does that mean I'm going to be really good at yoga? <laughs> Do you have huge muscles, Doug? <laughs> no, that, Doug's that flexing actually, right now. That actually wasn't <laughs> one of my questions going to my first class because I have ter- uh, puny muscles but um you do not. no but like your calves are out of this world <laughs> oh, thanks <babe. laughs> um muscles don't make you good or bad at yoga and in fact a lot of people are surprised going to yoga classes even if they are strong if they weight lift or if they're athletic mm-hmm. because yoga asks you <clears throat> excuse me to use different muscles than you would otherwise and in different ways um and there's often a lot of muscles that you're not using right. in general and yoga asks you to Turn those on. Mm-hmm. So um, you'll you'll be sore in places you didn't even know you had muscles after <laughs> yoga, some yoga classes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, I think, you know, nowadays every, everybody knows what yoga pants are, right? But um, but I still think like... <laughs> they're getting a bad rap too. You know, they are, getting, yeah. They're uh, getting you know, outlawed. <laughs> outlawed? Yeah, there's some schools that are banning uh, yoga, cla- yoga pants. Uh, their wow. students can't wear them. Uh, but... You know, but I think most people know what yoga pants are for women. But like, what does a man wear to a class? And then, are there any pointers for women as far as how what to dress? To wear? Yeah, I mean, I think the important thing is you want to be able to move without your clothes restricting you. So um, things that aren't too stiff. I wouldn't go in jeans, for example. If you're a guy, <laughs> um, you can wear some like basketball shorts, or you often go in your running shorts, don't you? Sometimes. Yeah, I, I usually wear my running shorts in part yeah. because they have like the little underwear thing. The little underwear yeah. that helps with coverage. That's the yep. other piece. Is you like you want a and sh- your top a shirt that isn't too loose because if you're going into say down dog where you're partially upside down, you don't want your shirt falling up in your face and being distracted by your clothes. So a relatively well-fitted t-shirt or tank top. And then for guys, some shorts. I have, uh, there's yoga shorts out there. They're kind of a little longer, kind of like board shorts, but made out of softer material Mm -hmm. um, that a lot of guys like to wear. Um, Some men wear spandex shorts and feel good in those. Um, Women, same thing. You can wear all of those things. And then women also tend to wear the the (laughs) yoga, stretchy yoga pants that... Mm -hmm. Everyone knows and loves not just for yoga anymore. <laughs> right, right. Um, okay. So, and breathability is nice too, especially if you're going to a more intense class, something that's going to mm-hmm. be breathable. Yeah. I, you know, I usually just wear what I wear to run. You yeah. Know, I wear a running yeah. shirt and running shorts. You typically a tighter fitting running shirt, just yeah. uh, not like a skin tight one, but yeah. something that isn't going to fall down all the time. Right. Yeah. And if your shirt is a little looser, you can always tuck it in. You just don't want it distracting you. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you want to show everybody. Yeah, Unless you're trying to show off your yeah, your six pack. Um, okay. So what about what to bring to class? You know, because yeah. uh, you know now, like I think anyone who's been to a yoga class is gonna kind of roll their eye at this question, right? But maybe. Yeah. But you know, but for me, like it was a ton of anxiety around. Like I didn't know to mat. You know, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Do I bring my water bottle? Do I bring? Mm-hmm yoga blocks that I see people have like what how does all that stuff work yeah I mean I get this question all the time I get at the yoga studio we get phone calls all the time with people asking that so it's not a a bad question or it's a great question um you really don't have to bring anything you obviously want to wear the clothes that we talked about but um you all you really need is a mat and you don't even need that I have some students that don't like using yoga mats or have allergies so 
Um, but bring a mat if you have one, or you can call the studio. A lot of studios and even gyms provide mats for you so that you don't even have to bring that with you. Mm-hmm. Um, water is fine. Some studios allow it and some don't, but um, you can bring it with you and put it with your other things if they don't let you bring it into the actual yoga room. Um, and that's it. If they If classes ask you to use props, so there's different props like straps and blocks and blankets and bolsters that all help you in your practice with alignment and support. Um, if they ask you to use those, they usually provide them for you. So you don't have to come in with a suitcase <laughs> full yeah. of supplies. Right. And yeah. And I mean, like you said, you can usually they either provide or you can rent a mat uh, at most studios. So like really you don't yeah. need to bring it. You don't really need anything. Yeah. Right. So it can be a completely spontaneous event that you're out for a run you see a studio and you pop in for class right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and the mats are the mat the purpose of the mat is for traction so that you're not slipping and and sliding as you're doing these different things and um it provides some cushioning often for your joints like if you're on your hands and knees Mm -hmm. so that your joints aren't feeling the impact of the hard floor Mm -hmm. and some sanitation too sure yeah yeah all right, so one one other question, one yeah. other beginner question okay. before we move on. Um, uh, you know, I had a ton of anxiety, and I'm sure that a lot of people do yeah. with this, around not having a clue, like, what to do. Like, you know, a lot of people have heard of Down Dog, and they can picture that, you know, but that's typically, like, what people know, right? I mean, you know, planks and stuff like that, you know, they might know from other things, but all these words are foreign right so do you as a new student are you like watching everybody else uh are teachers kind of moving you into that position like how does how does it all work yeah it's a great question um there's a few different things that can be helpful that seeking out a beginners or yoga basics class um where they're talking you through alignment and um some of the basic postures can be very helpful Um, come in with an understanding that there's a really sharp learning curve in yoga. It's like learning a new language, a new physical form of practice, um, a new philosophy. There's a lot to learn. And so when you go into your first class, it's not about a performance. It's about finding the the shapes and the breath in your own body. So a good teacher will guide you uh, from, from pose to pose or shape to shape very uh clearly so -hmm. if you go to a class and they're just calling out names of yoga postures and that's not the class for you that's not a beginner's class or even really a class that i would want to attend because i want those more specific alignment cues so Mm -hmm. the teachers talk you through how to get in and out of things and what to do once you're in a shape how to breathe in the shape um and it can be beneficial to see what other people are doing. You don't want to compare yourself to other people because it's not a competition. Right. Um, as as athletes, I know that can be a hard um, mentality shift. But um, you can watch people just to get the rough form. But don't make, try to make your body look like somebody else's because everybody's completely different. Your skeleton's different. Your range of motion's different. Um, so go easy on yourself <laughs> and have fun. Enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, but there's Enjoy nothing it. wrong. I don't think with like sitting in the, or not sitting but setting up towards the back or in the middle 
Definitely. So you can kind of see what yeah, a lot of people like to, when they're new, be in the back of the room. Mm-hmm. Even people who've been doing yoga a long time like to be in the back of the room. Yeah. So they can kind of... Yeah, general people just like to be in the like back. Like to be in the back. <laughs> yeah, there's something about the back. It's safer or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, my first class, I uh, I don't know if... I'm sure I told you this, but like I, my, my plan was to sit in the... Or to set up in the back, mm-hmm. towards the back. And I think I must have gotten there a little late. Or maybe it was like the first one or something. And, and the teacher told me to where it is set up and it was like right in the very front (laughs) (laughs) not where i want to be no it's like the very first person couldn't see anybody else and a lot of teachers don't stay on their mat at the front while they teach they walk Mm, around the room right so there's not even that to help guide you in front of you yeah but they don't want you to try to do what they're doing so right they're trying to see what you're doing okay so i want to talk a little bit about the like philosophy side of yoga before mm-hmm. we wrap up uh, but first let's take a second to thank our sponsor all right this episode of no meat athlete radio is brought to you by aptive aptive produces audio-based workouts created by certified personal trainers available through a mobile app aptive makes the highest quality training available to everyone with a carefully selected group of certified personal trainers that guide you through every workout Trainers have a wide variety of personalities and offer a variety of classes and levels, from just starting out to advanced, to keep you engaged with your program over time. There are even over 30 classes added to the app each week. As you know, Matt, I've been using Aptive over the past several months for 15 to 20 minute strength workouts uh, leading up to the Hellbender 100. I moved up from some of those very beginner routines to some more difficult ones, but with so many options to choose from, you could do a routine every single day and not get bored with their options. On top of that, Aptive doesn't have just strength routines, they have yoga, running, elliptical, rowing, and even meditation practices for you to choose from. You could even follow a running program like a 10K or a half marathon plan to help you reach your, your next training goal. Subscriptions start at $14.99 billed monthly or $99.99 for an annual membership. But for a limited time, new members get 30% off an annual membership, which is just $69.99 for the whole year of unlimited workouts. Visit aptive.com slash no meat. That's A-A-P-T-I-V dot com slash no meat. Okay. So obviously, as you've said, there's way more to yoga than just like the, the physical postures, the asanas. Yeah. Right? Yes. Um, then I know that there's, there's kind of, at least in part, there's a connection between yoga and veganism, right? In the, in the eating plants <laughs> yeah. so i you know i i think that out of every podcast out there this would be the one to to make that connection <laughs> and talk about sure. that so so um what you know if you're a yogi do you have to be vegan no yeah you don't. <laughs> i think most people probably know that but you don't like what what is the what is the but connection there many yogis are um and the form of yoga that you mentioned earlier jiva mukti which is a f- style that i practiced a lot when we lived in washington dc um, they, they do all observe veganism as part of that. So, um, there's a text called the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, um, which is credited as being the first systematic presentation of yoga. Um, a lot of people call it the Bible of yoga. Um, and it lays out the eight limbs of yoga, uh, which are practices that lead a person to enlightenment um, or to union with their truest self. So one of the um, ethical principles um, and behaviors to follow that is in the Yoga Sutras is called Ahimsa, 
or nonviolence. And it's nonviolence towards all sentient beings and the earth. And so this um, ethical behavior is why a lot of yogis are vegan or vegetarian. Um, and the, and it's there's three ways to think about it, which is aligns, I think, with a lot of reasons that people are vegan anyway. Um, one is that you're practicing nonviolence towards animals by reducing um, the confinement, the abuse, the killing of animals, right? So it's that mm. nonviolence toward all beings um, and also the earth. And so as many of the listeners probably know, there's huge environmental repercussions of the meat and dairy industry um, on the on the earth. And so eating vegan is this act of nonviolence towards the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then thirdly, that... There's meant a lot of research that points to the health benefits to human beings of a plant-based diet, being vegan. And so being vegan is this nonviolence towards yourself as well. Um, mm-hmm. So all of those come together to really point people toward not be vegan. But then some people don't believe that the Humza, um applies to all of this. And there's other philosophies that... that disagree within the yoga world because there's many different yoga texts and aspects to it um so there's not like just there's not like there's nothing that says rules for... yogis are ve- yogis must be vegan mm-hmm. it's not there and it's and it's yeah. not it's it's non-violence is like the the key right there's that's not, right that's it's right not like a... non-violence towards all beings and mm-hmm. the earth mm-hmm. is is what it is yeah makes yeah. sense yeah um Right. Makes sense to me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the connection and some, some, just like the Bible and other texts are open to interpretation and application in behaviors. So is this. So, mm. um, if people are curious about that, I'd, I'd encourage them to, to pick up the yoga sutras. Yeah. Even if you're just curious about yoga, it's a great starting place for learning more about the philosophy yeah. of yoga. Okay, so speaking of the philosophy, yeah. I guess, or you know, if moving away from like the the physical stuff, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, we we talked at the beginning about how yoga might be good for stress, or you know, you I believe mentioned how it helped you get through a time in your life when depression was was um, when you were depressed, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's like there's a big mental part of yoga too. And I guess like part of that is probably just the physical activity, just like people think, you know, running is my therapy or whatever, you know, that kind of joke is. Um, but there is more to it than to that, to that with yoga, right? Mm-hmm. What is the kind of, how does, how does the mental stuff play into, into yoga? Yeah. If that makes sense. So I think um, if you approach it from uh, practices, there's the breathing practices. The pranayama is the Sanskrit for that. Um, and there are many breathing practices, and a lot of them are um, going to calm your nervous system or turn on your parasympathetic nervous system response in your body. Um, so that is one way to physiologically shift um, your body's response to to what's going on in, in your in your world. 
Um, the second aspect of that is the mindfulness and meditation practices um, that can help um, if you're feeling overly anxious, can help to calm those feelings or help you learn to be with them but not feed into them. Um, or if you're feeling depressed, you write the mindfulness and meditation practices that similarly can help you um, work through that. And I'm not saying that that's um, the cure-all. That it's a great complement to other um, to other ways of healing, right? Yeah. So, um, so the breathing and the meditation are two hu- big ones. Yeah. Um, and those are, you know, can can be depending on what class you go to. Of course, can be like mainstays in mm-hmm. in a class, right? Absolutely, definitely, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one one thing I really like about yoga is the connection of breath to the movement, and at least in some classes that I go to, right, where mm-hmm. you're like moving with your breath. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that can be thought of as meditation, as move, right. moving meditation, where you're linking your body and your breath, and your your mind is completely concentrated on this experience, and so you're not. Um, you're not focused on what's going to happen later in your day or in your life or worrying about the future or rehashing the past. Um, and you're just immersed in your flow, which is, you know, in your yoga flow, mm-hmm. um, which we all need that, right? Yeah. We all need that, <laughs> that, that break and that connect, then that time for connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and often, you know, with the busyness of life, we can distract our minds really easily and find ways to make ourselves feel better short term. But yoga really makes us uh, face our stuff and and deal with it, mm-hmm. right? And and study our our patterns, our habits, what we can start to shift. Um, often people come to yoga classes for what they want to strengthen their glutes, and they come out with huge life changes because they've realized that there's a lot more that they're needing and that they're getting from it. So. Yeah. That's why it's my life's work because it's powerful stuff. It really can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and it's not for everyone, and that's okay, and that's all right. But yeah, I think everyone can can benefit from it. Sure. Okay, so how would you recommend people get started? Like if they're listening to this and they're thinking, mm-hmm. okay, I'm ready, I'm ready. Let's, Let's do this. Do um, I well, would other than other than purchasing the yoga kit yeah the yoga kit (laughs) doug and i had some fun we got to collaborate on this yoga kit we don't get to collaborate professionally very often um we collaborate on raising our child and many other things but it was fun to to do this together yeah um excellent job so. so anyway i would say to um to seek out an in-person experience there's a lot online that you can do um which is great and for people where they don't have a yoga studio or a gym nearby go online and look up yoga basics yoga for beginners and there's lots of um websites and tutorials and things online that you can um that you can use from the comfort of your own home but it's also very valuable to have an in-person teacher who can be there looking at your alignment and giving you feedback on that and keeping you safe and then um, talking to a, an area yoga studio or gym and having them point you to the right class. Um, tell them everything you can about yourself that um, that they need to know. So if you have any injuries or conditions, um, what you're hoping to get out of it, 
what your physical fitness is, um, if you've ever done yoga or not, and then they can help you find the right class and teacher. Um, teachers can can make or break the experience too. So if you go to a class and you are not connecting with the teacher, you don't even like the sound of their voice or you don't understand their cues um, or it's just not the right style of yoga, try different classes. Like go to, I would say, a minimum of five classes before you um, settle on one and or before you decide it's not for you because mm-hmm. um, they're very different experiences depending on the teacher yeah 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 i think that's great advice in the studio too i mean in the studio yeah every they're so different from the studios that you've taught at you know there's they very they have varied wildly yes in the style you know because every studio has their own like style right and vibe yes and don't let anyone make you feel like you don't belong there if Mm. you go to a studio and it feels like you are an outsider then that's not for you. That's not that's not yoga. That's not the place for you, right? Yoga is about community. And so find a place that welcomes you with open arms and makes you feel good about being there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have fun with it. Uh-huh. All right. So the, the question everyone tends to ask us is whether... Do you know what I'm going to ask? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm kind of nervous. What's... No. what's whether Eliza is going to be a runner or a yogi, what do you think? Well, as we have discussed, <laughs> she will find her own path in life. Yep. And I, neither of us are going to push her in either direction. But I must say that yoga or Eliza does attend a weekly yoga class right now. <laughs> she does. She goes right. to Tiny Tots Yoga, mm-hmm. and she is she's really into it. <laughs> she does and she just started running a little bit yeah i know she's running up around. and down the hallways and through the she yard going on runs with me but she trips a lot when she runs she does. so mm. you've got some work to do maybe she maybe she'll be a musician <laughs> <laughs> a running yogi yeah who knows uh all right well this was fun this was fun thanks for having me on the podcast i really enjoyed it yeah, and you did great on your very first this. podcast. You did a really nice job. Thanks, I hope so. What do you think about what do you think about me being about a podcast and sharing my life, uh, at least part of my life, with such a big audience? Yeah, I mean, I I think that's part of why I don't listen regularly. <laughs> but I also know you're mindful not to embarrass me too much, so yeah, it's all good. People, nope. a lot of people know things about us that. Um, or I don't know. Yeah, like, they know the you know, details of our lives. Yeah, we meet some people and and they like, you know, they've yeah. heard a lot of stories about what yeah. we've been up to. Yeah, they like ask how Eliza's doing and. Uh-huh. Yeah, because Matt and I basically start every episode by sharing like a story from the week. So do the listeners know that yo- Eliza's a yogi? I don't know. Actually, new That's, fun fact. That is, I don't think they do. She does. She attends a weekly yoga class. Yes, yeah. yoga is for everybody. I started yoga with Eliza when she was just a little baby, mm-hmm. and it looks very different. A lot of that is for the mamas, and then for uh, the babies doing just some gentle movement. But if you're pregnant or postnatal, it's there's yoga classes out there for you too. Yeah. So I would definitely encourage that. It's a great experience and a good way to connect with other mamas too. I went to a class when I was like two weeks from my due date. And and it was it was a really good time just to be with other moms and mm-hmm. right it was a pregnant 
C. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was class a or pre-natal. Prenatal. Prenatal, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that. <laughs> that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, cool. All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for doing this. Yeah, and, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, this was, this was fun. Thanks, Katie. And um, we'll see everybody. Talk to everybody soon. All right. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs>